When my brother Zach Abraham and I sat down to record this program, it had just happened that the Supreme Court, not even really the Supreme Court, effectively John Roberts, has decided that the U.S. Congress can go ahead and just look through President Trump's tax returns. There didn't need to write a reason. It's pretty brief. It's, it's uh, order's going to lapse. We're going to let this happen. Why is that related to cryptocurrency? Well, <laughs> you're going to take something like the Jan 6 Committee, which is invented. They've invented for themselves extra constitutional powers. They don't have the powers that they're forcing upon people. But who's going to stop them? Um, you have Jan 6 that will send the, have the DOJ send out the FBI to Western Washington to a small town called Ording to go after a school board member because he was in Washington, D.C. with his son on Jan 6, but he didn't even enter a building. When he found out they were looking into him, he called the FBI office in Olympia and said, hey, I'll swing by, turn myself in. What do you need? What do you want me to bring? They, they didn't respond. They instead asked the local cops to bring some of their armored vehicles out to block the street, to thug him, to frog march him so his neighbors would see. And when they got there, showed him the warrant. He said, yeah, like I said, I said I'd turn myself in. Hey, I see your warrant includes my gun safe. Why don't I just give you the combination and you can look through my gun safe? They didn't want the combination. They, destroyed, they decided to destroy his gun safe. Why? Because ah, they could. Because the process is the punishment. So how does this relate to cryptocurrency again? It relates... Because the CIA, the FBI, the SEC, the DOJ decided to ignore the crypto fraud. Well, I mean, come on. Who would have known it was fraud? Who could have known it? Zach Abraham is going to join us in this episode to explain this all in detail. There's a line in the movie The Big Short where they're, they're having an argument. Michael Burry, the, the famed investor, that's kind of the center of the story, and he's talking to one of his investors, and he goes and he says to him, Michael, that's nonsense. Everybody knows you can't spot a bubble in real time. Okay, <clears throat> the, that, that's a common sentiment on Wall Street. I'm going to beg to differ. So what would cause Zach to beg to differ with, with people on Wall Street? That, you know, I mean, how could you spot a bubble in real time. I asked him. All right, Zach, so that's your claim. How do you back that up? If you add up, everybody's talking about green energy, right? Green renewable energy. The only real source of green renewable energy on the face of the earth is nuclear. Okay, if you add up the collective value of all publicly traded uranium companies in the world that own the vast majority of uranium supplies in the ground, right? They add up to $30 billion. So one coin that was made as a joke, as a way to mock the entire sector is worth one third of the world's publicly traded uranium companies. That's a bubble in real time. So they'll go after Trump's tax returns. They'll go after a school board member in Ording, Washington. They'll hear cases Doctors being put through trial because they recommended vitamin D. They'll accept that. 
But the CIA can't bring themselves or the FBI or anyone else to look into these companies. CIA and FBI clearly got involved in things that they shouldn't have. And then you look at how easy this setup makes it to launder funds. You know, you look at our past, like look at Fast and Furious, you know, going back to Obama's days. So, I I, I mean, to look, I, like I said, I don't have the proof. I can't verify what Revolver's saying. I will just sit back, though, and, you know, knowing the way regulations and regulators were going Okay, at the very least, someone is choosing to not look into this. And, and and that to me is extraordinarily suspicious. Yeah, especially given this Revolver news story from Revolver.news. You know who liked to use companies like this? The CIA. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now. From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. And when the law is applied differently to some, it's not a law, it's a it's a cudgel. And when rules are applied unequally, they're not rules, they're tools. <laughs> I, I wonder if Mike Lindell can relate to this. No, seriously, other companies' CEOs get to go state their political beliefs and concerns about the country. And they don't have the FBI pull up on a drive through window at Chick-fil-A. No, where, 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 was he? Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Say, give us your phone. You know, and you've heard me talk about like Mike Lindell. You know he's the inventor of my pillow. It's been probably... I started using his pillows right after I interviewed him for the, the only time I've done it for a couple of hours, in fact. And it's probably nine years ago. They've been changing my sleep since then. Mike is now coming and he's just just scrambling the game. He has a six-piece towel set and every six-piece towel set is made with United States cotton. So it is the most absorbent towel I've ever used. I've thought about that. It is. Now, I don't go. I don't go buy fancy stuff. So maybe that's the difference maker. But then again, this is a core competency for Mike, creating products like this. It's available in a variety of colors, and each set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. So order at any MyPillow product before December 25th, any product, incidentally. And the 60-day money-back guarantee is extended through March 1st, 2023. <laughs> That'll give you some time to figure out if you like them. Very generous. So wrap yourself in nothing but the best with the MyPillow six-piece towel set. Regularly $89.98. Only $39.98 at MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. That's insane. It's 50% off. You're going to find deep discounts on all MyPillow products and get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman. Promo code Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman. Promo code Herman. Does that mean the? <laughs> Does it mean the FBI is going to come and steal my towels? I need your towels. They're in the gun safe. Oh, here's the here's the code. Go and open it up. Nah, we'll cut it open with a safe cutter. I know someone who can help us figure this all out. And my brother Zach Abraham, Boer Capital Management, joins me. Zach, always a pleasure. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Always look forward to these. Hey, the the video of these things, by the way, um, is going to all be on Substack. Um, so I'm going to put this one up 
So I'm going to put up this weekend because we're going to be taking uh, Thursday and Friday off. And I just want to ask you, like, that's is that LT's jersey in the background? Is that a Lawrence Taylor jersey back there? It is. It yeah. is. And so for the for the listeners that don't know, I I grew up playing football. I played at Pacific Lutheran University and now it's my, my son's team. So I'm a huge football fan. But I actually bought that at, a, uh, at an auction. And I've got the picture of LT himself signing it. Wow. Um, and I was a linebacker. So if you know anything about football, you know, the 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 patron saint of linebackers is Lawrence Taylor. I might not use Lawrence the word Taylor. saint. Well, of linebackers. In I, the think world go, of linebackers. I think I'd go ask uh, the Washington Redskins uh, yeah, quarterback, Joe yeah. Theismann, about uh, Saints and LT. Well, and then and it wasn't just the way that he played. Um, let's put it this way. LT had quite a colorful life off the field. Yeah. Uh, that, that probably did not have a lot in common with the average Saint. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so so apparently uh, it's going to be pretty cool because allegedly, we'll see if it plays out, but he's supposed to be coming to a, 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 a golf tournament that we sponsor for charity. And so uh, I'm supposed to be playing golf with him this, this next year. So awesome. that, that would be interesting. Certainly some cool stories. Yeah, challenge him to a fight. <laughs> nope, nope, don't want any of that. Didn't work. He's an older man. <laughs> didn't work out well for Joe. Didn't work out well for Joe Theismann. I yeah. think I'm going to leave LT alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope he's found the Lord, man. I, I hope his uh, his life is straightened out because I know he went through. Uh, I know he went through a bad season that uh, I think he participated in bringing on himself. And I think crypto, man. Um, it's. I don't know that it's a bad season. It seems like maybe, with the exception of of Bitcoin itself. It feels like this stuff was born of the lie now all of a sudden. And I've, I've, as I'm on record. I've always been suspicious of it. Uh, but I've also come around to, look, it's decentralized. And gosh knows, I don't want the government, you know, making it official that everything's digital because we already have digital currency. That's what a credit card, the debit card is. We've been through that. But Zach, it seems like this stuff was founded in the lie. <clears throat> yeah. So... Up to this point, the thing that kicked this all off was Bitcoin. And <clears throat> there's absolutely zero evidence to paint Bitcoin, in my opinion, in, in anything other than a positive light, meaning there is no IP. Um, whoever created it probably kept, had some stash to cite. I maybe maybe that's easy to know if they did or not. But my point is, is it wasn't owned by a corporation. It wasn't pushed by a group of in individuals trying to push an agenda. It wasn't tied to anything. And I think it was a revolutionary uh, form of tech and price. And it, it, you know, there, there's a there's a line in the movie The Big Short where they're they're having an argument. Michael Burry, the the famed investor, that's kind of the center of the story, and he's talking to one of his investors, and he goes and he says to him, "Michael, that's nonsense. Everybody knows you can't spot a bubble in real time." Okay, <clears throat> the, that that's a common sentiment on Wall Street. I'm going to beg to differ, and 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 I'm going to say that that you can absolutely spot bubbles in real time, and I think that the crypto market is a perfect example of that, and I can lay out some examples of what I mean. But I think it started, as most frauds do, with an element of something that is altruistic and that is true to what it says it is, which I've, like I said, there's every indication. Now, could we find out years from now or six months from now or something that there was a nefarious cabal behind Bitcoin? Sure, anything's possible. Yeah. I'm just saying from what we've seen, there's nobody trying to take credit for it. So I think Bitcoin was altruistic, but then the gains of Bitcoin sucked in the fraudsters. 
You know, because you just sit back, Todd, and this was kind of my argument for it all the time. You have people creating lines of code that they're turning around and generating, you know, upwards of $50 billion market caps in the space of 90 days. Yeah. So, I mean, what easy money snake oil salesman fraudster isn't going to go try to get a piece of that? Then you add on top of it that all of them are located in 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 bahamian you know in in the, in the bahamas offshore uh maybe hong kong all of these places that are somewhat shielded from international oversight and you know public securities laws and all that other kind of stuff and our whole argument was look i think that there's going to be great technology that ends up coming out of this but this system right now if you don't see fraud you're not looking yeah um and, and to me, it was just some of the most fertile ground we had ever seen for fraud. There was no oversight and there were huge profits being made. And all of the people involved had an incentive to not believe it was a fraud. And all of the people they were recruiting were seeing the money that they were making, assuming it wasn't a fraud. All bubbles, they, they all do the exact same thing. They typically start with the real element and then the extrapolation starts, the human idiocy starts, right? The, the greater fool theory kicks in where, you know, you're, you're no longer buying something for its underlying utility. You're buying it because you think some greater fool than you will come around and pay you more for it. <laughs> I love that. Rule. Um, <clears throat> right. It's yeah. it, and, and, and it's, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can put that exact same uh, uh, lens across the tulip bubble. I mean, the housing bubble, every bubble has that element of truth. And then the fraudsters come in and do their things. And now you've got crypto overrun to the point where, you know, I think unlike other bubbles, you know, where you're sitting there going, we got to get in there and root out the 10 to 20% of this that's rotten. I think it's the inverted 80 to 20 rule. All right. Let's, I think you're you're trying to figure out where the 5 to 10% that is good. All is. right. Let's talk through that uh, some more and let's dig into there's there's two new players. Well, and they're not new because you've been tracking them. Uh, but last week you shared one with us and I did some reading about it. Um, incredible. Uh, who was on the board of this company and <laughs> and their track records. And I remember when there were criminal background checks for anybody who was going to go out and take investor money. I guess we don't do that anymore. Yeah. VCs don't do that. So we'll continue chatting with uh, Zach Abraham about that. And the guy you're hearing is the guy I'm going to chat about right now. And I don't want to make him blush, but, you know, um, Zach Abraham, Boer Capital Management's chief investment officer, um, one of the things I love about my brother here is that he knows what it's like to, to lose. And if you don't know what it's like to lose and you're in the financial game, I think you end up just, just, just waiting to get scammed um, because you've never had that sting um, and you've never had to deal with that. And as a young man back in the day, working for other firms, you know, they, they weren't necessarily doing the right thing. Zach wasn't running those. He knows what that's like. And he also knows what it's like to take on his shoulders stewardship, you know, because his, his family's net worth is about 90% tied up in board capital management. And that's not the case you know, you know, in most of these instances. People don't, oh, I'm not going to put our money in with the people's money. What are you talking about? That's nuts. See, because they tell us, buy and hold. And look, I have a dear friend who's a buy and hold aficionado, but did the big firms buy and hold? No, no, they're up and down. They're investing every second, right? That's how they play the game. It's for us to buy and hold, but then they take our money and they play and play and play. 
So Zach Abraham's firm is not not calibrated upon that. It's based upon risk management, certainly upside. I mean, that's why we do this. That's why Zach stewards our money is we want to gain in our wealth and our, in our security. So we can give back and wisely steward the money God gives us to manage. But without risk management, you end up with what we're just talking about, right? That's why Zach has quants and smart analysts working for him and he brings people up. So I've been telling you, you have now about, gosh, 33 days before the end of the year call board capital management and see if your portfolio will survive what I call the chaos economy. So you can reach Zach at 866-779-RISK or capital management 866-779-RISK. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bower Capital Management is an investment advice representative of Czech Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So Zach, man, I know it's getting smoother, isn't it? Yeah. Remember, (laughs) smooth is fast, baby. Smooth is fast. So it's not just FTX. I mean, FTX has has rightly gotten a whole bunch of attention because um, Sam Bakeman Freed was mobbed up to the highest level, not just with Democrats, with Republicans. Kevin McCarthy was slopping up some of that yummy, yummy, um, you know, ill-gotten gains and using it to attack mega Republicans. Uh, Democrats got most of it. Uh, but you were telling me about uh, two other players that are key to this. And as we talk about this, um, I want to make sure that people understand this isn't just going to hit people who've been in crypto. This is going to affect a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. And, and well, hold on. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I think so because of when this is happening. So it's corresponding with now, look, if you look at the markets today, or you look at them where they're at this year. Um, I was looking at the markets just right at the end of the market close. The, the Dow Jones Industrial is down like 6.8% this year from its all-time high, despite the fact that you've had the biggest, rap, most rapid increase in interest rates in history uh, and profit margin expectations are just falling off the cliff. It's it's really remarkable. But, but in this backdrop, what is what really concerns us is the potential for contagion. Now, is this going to be like a Lehman Brothers event? No. Um, but there's a lot of – when we look at the economy today, there's every, it's being pressured by literally every side. Supply side, demand side, wage or wage increases, labor shortages, uh, supply chain issues, currency volatility – interest rates going through the roof, record amounts of debt on the balance sheet that are being impacted by. So you add all this stuff together and it looks really nasty. And and, and the thing that is always hard to, what is hard or nearly impossible to determine going into something is what will serve as the spark, right? Because I do think that we're sitting on a tinderbox. I don't think the whole world's about ready to implode. I just don't think the next year and a half to two years are going to be very fun. And economically speaking, and certainly not as it relates to markets, could I be wrong? Yes, always. But just it's it just doesn't look good at all, especially when you look at underlying valuations. And what concerns me when I look at the crypto space is everybody's focused on how crazy it is. Okay, let me give you an analogy of how crazy it still is. And then, then I'll get into the specific players. But fascinating deal. Dogecoin, right? Th- this was created they're probably two of some of the only honest actors in the whole space. They, they created this alt currency called Dogecoin with the picture of a Shiba E 
as a joke, like a cartoon meme. And they were doing it as a joke about crypto and how crazy it all gotten. Wow. Well, much to their surprise, the market crap crash with the market cap, sorry, market cap of Dogecoin, I think went over $50 billion. Good Lord. Okay. Today, everybody's like, yeah, but it's been killed. It's still worth $10 billion. Wow. Okay. Now, if you add up, everybody's talking about green energy, right? Green renewable energy. The only real source of green renewable energy on the face of the earth is nuclear. Okay. If you add up the collective value of all publicly traded uranium companies in the world that own the vast majority of uranium supplies in the ground, right? They add up to $30 billion. So one coin that was made as a joke, as a way to mock the entire sector, is worth one-third of the world's publicly traded uranium companies. Okay, you know how they say you can't spot a bubble in real time? If, if you had an option to own $10 billion of Dogecoin, right, which yeah. is a joke, has no utility, or one-third of the world's publicly traded uranium mining companies – what would you prefer, right? It, it's it's just crazy. So to me, I I think that crypto could be one of those kind of fire starters, could be the first domino. So moving into the specific players themselves, everybody is focused on Sam Bankman-Fried. It's a sexy story. It's got the political intrigue aspect, all of that. I, I, I'm still amazed looking at this market and then also looking at crypto Everybody's like, oh, it's been so bad. I'm still amazed things like Dogecoin are still at $10 billion. And when you look at crypto, the thing I think is so amazing to me is that everybody is still acting as if Bitfinex is a legitimate enterprise. And if, excuse me, when Bitfinex implodes, it, it will be a much bigger blow to the crypto space than SBF and 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 uh, FTX ever were, and the reason for it is something that a lot of people are denying. But the guys that run Bitfinex, they also run and own Tether. Now, they have repeatedly on conference calls said that the two companies were not associated whatsoever; that they just banked at the same Bahamian bank. Well, people said, did some digging around. That is a complete false fabrication. The, the, on the ownership records of Bitfinex and on Tether are the exact same. I think it's four guys. Okay, so the, this management team has already been caught in multiple Second of all, they are so transparent that the head of it, a guy, a Chinese national by the name of CZ, he will not even disclose where company headquarters are geographically located. Okay? <laughs> they refuse they refuse to be audited and then they found so then they finally gave way Bitfinex the exchange. Now Bitfinex now I believe is the second largest crypto exchange left in the world and then this the, the, the people that own Bitfinex also own Tether. Tether is the number one liquidity provider in the crypto space. The best analogy, and I said this on the show before, but I think the best analogy for Tether is it's sort of like chips in a casino, meaning you go into the casino, 
You trade your money in for the chips. The chips represent your real money. You go and exchange your chips when it's time to leave and you get your US dollars back. That's sort of the way that Tether is supposed to work, making it easier to transact from across exchanges and trade cryptocurrency using their what we call stable coin. The company promised at the onset that every single Tether would be backed by a US dollar. So fully backed. You, got, you don't even need to trust us, right? It's fully backed. Well, they've never submitted to an audit, Todd. So what you know kind of common, if you have something that is that stable and that backed and that legitimate in the crypto space, you'd want everybody and their mother auditing you. It would make you the paragon of virtue and the only real trusted player in the industry. Then management came out and said, well, the reason we're not getting audited is no auditors will work with us. Well, what a lie. What is an auditor's Super Bowl? It's finding a fraud. Every auditing firm on the face of the Earth would gladly accept compensation to go audit these guys and discover what they are, right? I mean, that's that's what auditor. If if, if you're, and I can't really identify with this because I would never want to do this. But if you're a little kid growing up dreaming of being a CPA <laughs> and a forensic accountant, I mean, right? This is your right. Super Bowl, man. It doesn't get any better than this. So it just lie after lie after lie, and then you look into the backgrounds of the guys that started it. They're all involved with multiple frauds in the past including ones CZ, the head of it, he got involved in some bribery slash money laundering scandal of moving $8 billion illegally out of Iran, allegedly stealing. They, that, that one's a little more opaque, but they're all, they've all just got these sordid histories and none of them really have significant backgrounds in programming. So these aren't tech guys, right? That, that dreamt these things up in their parent, grandparents or in their parents' garage. These are fraudsters. They're fraudsters who have been involved in other frauds. So, after all the din and outcry about not getting an audit done, despite them just getting caught in lie after lie after lie, they agree to get an attestation. Well, an attestation is nothing. It's basically somebody just looking at a bank account and saying, yeah, money's there. Now, this attestation was done several years back. It was like three years ago, four years ago, something of that nature. At that time, there were only about 500, 400 million tether in circulation, okay, but they've got bank records of that morning, Bitfinex moving the same amount of dollars into the bank account of Tether. Okay. So then they have the attestation. They're like, oh, yep, the money's there. Later on that same day, the money transferred right back out, went to Bitfinex. <laughs> I mean, this is fraud. It's just, I mean, it's, and, and this isn't speculation, Todd. They've got the bank records. Okay. So, I mean, it's right yeah. there. People are just, People are just ignoring it. So, so the, here, here's the problem. Though. Yeah. Remember when that attestation took place, the market cap of Tether was around 400 million. Today, it's at 65 billion and growing. So, so, so they're the, creating more Tether out of thin air, saying that it's all backed and it's not. Yeah. And, and, and one of the personalities in this is a guy named Brock Pierce. And yeah. Brock was an actor, a child actor. He was in uh, the Mighty Ducks movies and, and some other stuff. And uh, Zach, when you and I last talked about this, I was telling you about a startup back in the streaming media days. And yeah. back in the streaming media days, um, this thing raised a bunch of money. And I was talking about how the founders had this coming out party in Las Vegas and they brought the who into play. And I am pretty certain it's the company that Brock Pierce started called Digital Entertainment Network. Because that name sounds very familiar. I remember this. I, they were going to IPO immediately, about like 75 million bucks. 
and they'd taken in $60 million in seed capital, which didn't make any sense. So you just took seed at $60 million, You're going to go IPO at 75 well, That doesn't make sense for the investors or anybody else. Uh, except it makes sense for you because right. you're going to make your, you know, the the VC investment that's it's hard to liquidate. It's really hard to liquidate that stuff. It's easier now, but it was really difficult then and illegal in most cases. But now you're going to make this liquid. That thing, I remember when it got shut down and the people were discovering that, oh, wait, as I recall, um, I'm pretty sure it's the same company. Wait, you don't have any of your own tech. Wait a minute. This is just Flash. Wait a minute. Or or um, it wasn't called Flash at the time, but it's just this, this is caching tech and it's this souped up Windows media and this is all a lie. And now, according to Revolver News, the other reason it got shut down is because there was a bunch of accusations of sexual impropriety, according and uh, including uh, one of the uh, uh, some underage sex. And then Jeff Epstein comes into this because when, oh, when yeah, when when this guy's company, you know, crashed and with all these these accusations um, and Interpol getting involved about child pornography and guns and machetes and and in their this the, the, these guys the founders um, beach house in Spain in this company folds then Brock Pierce uh, finds himself at a meeting with Jeff Epstein <laughs> and Brock Pierce okay so he's a clever guy but he's an actor and all of a sudden he's there with MIT professors and Nobel laureates. And remember that Epstein's whole thing was transhumanism and eugenics. Yep. And, and he wanted to seed the world with his sperm to restart the species. Cause he was the, he was the perfect man. He was the Nietzsche super. <laughs> so not only super villain and rapist and child sex trafficker, <laughs> but also the Nietzsche and Superman so this guy's in that circle, but it gets more bizarre from there because one of the things Revolver News talks about, Zach, is a government player in this. Now, this is beginning to make a lot of sense because how many of these companies have this interaction with Ukraine? And we've been, we've been being told that the digital cash management, the central bank digital currency, you've been saying the government's going to say, oh, this is to stop drug dealers and illicit cash really really so let me ask you about this uh this revolver piece and we'll talk further with zach abraham board capital management uh hey guys i just i got a note from someone asking me about bone frog coffee and it's from mark in bozeman montana todd love the show thank you for putting god at the center found you on rush yes god rest him love that you say that hey i am not a big coffee drinker I want to support Bone Frog, and I have to admit, I'm a bit of a wimp on coffee. I know, make fun of me all you want. What would you start with? Now, I want to get my father coffee. My father is a World War II fan. Weird to be a fan of a war, but he reads everything about it, and he served our country as a Marine. What would you get him? He's a big coffee drinker. I love the show. My dad's name is Pete. Please say hi to him. He loves the show, too. Pete, hi. I appreciate the note. Bozeman, beautiful town. Okay, so for light coffee drinkers, go with Zen Frog. Now, understand something. Um, that's not lesser caffeine. So, so you know, have have that in your mind. But Zen Frog with Bone Frog, it's, it's full-bodied, but it's lightly roasted. Okay, Northern European tradition, and you're going to find it's pretty vibrant profile in terms of taste. Um, and that sometimes that stuff gets obscured by the darker roast. I think that's a good entry for you. Zenfrog at bonefrog.us. For your pop, I would go with nothing other than the Frogman. 
Okay, so the frog band roast is deep. It's bold, Costa Rican, Indonesian, Colombian beans, uh, but it is super smooth and very, very kind of sweet semi-finish. Your pop is going to love this stuff. So go to bonefrog.us and incidentally, I'm going to guess your dad does drip. I'm going to say for you, if you're getting started with coffee, try the whole bean, honestly. And all you have to do is buy a grinder. It's, it's one extra step. That's it. You can even buy machines that'll grind it and store it and, and keep it fresh. But do go to bonefrog.us when you do this because you go there, you're going to help support. 10% of the proceeds go to support the families of fallen Navy SEALs. Just that's a promise from Tim. God country team on every bag. You got that. Check out the merch, particularly your dad loves World War II movies and history, etc. And he served the country. Go there and look at some of the merch. It's bonefrog. US. Let me know what you think of the Zen Frog, too. I was shocked. I hate light coffee. I love Zen Frog. Bonefrog.us. Get 10% off, by the way. Pardon me, 5% off subscriptions there. 5% off Bonefrog.us. So, Zach, this piece from Revolver News, um, I sent this to you over the weekend, and it's, it's a great write-up about these companies. Um, and it also points out that the CIA loves themselves some cryptocurrency. Um, and loves themselves the ability to uh, to give monies to maybe um, you know people they're working with in dark ops. So I fail to believe. I utterly fail to believe that our FBI and our CIA w- was unaware of this stuff. I mean, the FBI they're arresting school board members and ordering Washington and kicking in their doors and and, and destroying their gun safes because the, the school board member was in D.C. on Jan. Six. FBI comes to his house and says, yo, you know, hey, I said I'd turn myself in. Oh, no, no, we're going to kick in your door and we're going to SWAT team you. And, oh, I see the warrant is for my gun safe. Let me give you the code. You can open my gun safe. And they said, nope, we're going to cut it open and destroy it. So they'll do that. But are we to believe that the CIA and the FBI were not hip to this level of fraud being perpetrated on Americans? I obviously don't have a smoking gun, yeah. but when you look at how in plain sight this, look, I've seen some frauds. I've seen some things that look shaky. Um, I've never seen it hidden in plain sight like that. I mean, we're, I, I mean, you don't even, like I said, you don't have to be a forensic accountant to figure this out. This isn't like the story. The name escapes me right now, but it's not like the guy that proved the math that built this mathematical model proving that Bernie Madoff was a fraud as early as 2002. You don't have to, I mean, this is stuff you can just get off the internet. You can just Google this. <laughs> and the fact that these guys are, I mean, and then the kicker to it, Todd, is look, they're like, well, they're hiding out in the Bahamas. I, this guy, but these guys have been in and out of the United States, back and forth, one way or the other. So, I mean, bottom line is when you look at it, it's 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 one of two things. It, they have to be in cahoots. They've got to be it maybe maybe not in cahoots but just looking the other way purposefully maybe they were instructed to by somebody but i mean it's just it's kind of outside of plausible deniability that they you know what i mean that they don't that they haven't at least looked the other way because it's just it's in plain sight now um <laughs> you know what i mean so it's not like you need a team of super sleuths to dig in there and you know dig through the old uh you know the 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 the, the shredded papers and glue it back together i mean it, this is just right out there in the open and these guys have got backgrounds and you know and you look at guys like spf and they were i mean i yeah i just i and then you look at how easily 
you know, you, you I mean, we all can under both different political regimes in the past, CIA and FBI clearly got involved in things that they shouldn't have. And then you look at how easy this setup makes it to launder funds. Um, you know, you look at our past, you know, like look at Fast and Furious, um, you know, going back to Obama's days. So, I, I, I mean, to look, I, like I said, I don't have the proof. I can't verify what Revolver's saying. I will just sit back, though, and, you know, knowing the way regulations and regulators were going, okay, at the very least, someone is choosing to not look into this. And, and, and that, to me, is extraordinarily suspicious uh, if you have even a, a – a, you know, even a child's understanding of, of things that the CIA has done around the world. So, um, again, I, I can't confirm or deny. I mean, you know, I would tell you if, if I knew something, I don't. But it just it's beyond the pale to think that they're not somehow, like I said, at least at least passively complicit. Um, if that makes sense. No, I, I, that's exactly my point. Uh, tacitly complicit. Now, the other thing that's, yeah. that I would put forward on this is um, we've now just learned that the, uh, as the day we're recording this, the Supreme Court of the United States, in a very predictable move, they hate Donald Trump, uh, even those who are nominated by Donald Trump, um, they have now given the Congress, for some reason, the right to go get Trump's tax records, just because. And... <laughs> So well, we what can, is the back? I, I you I know you follow this this aspect of it closer. But what is the backstory? I I don't understand. It's a John Doe investigation. What, they're 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 using the authority. They're they're abusing the authority of law to go try to find a crime. They've been trying to find a crime on Donald Trump since he since he won, and when they couldn't find yeah. crimes, they planted them. And no one got punished for that. This is the, you know, John Roberts is the is the capo over the FISA court, which is the uniquely dark enterprise and unconstitutional perversion of American justice. It's a secret court. Now, you could have a secret court that was just for emergency warrants where there's national security at risk and we can't let the terrorists know what's going on. But that's not what this is. And, you know, they'll take cases that take a long time to unfold or like in the in the so-called Russia investigation of Trump, they were lied to twice, maybe three times to their faces in writing. And I don't know about you, Zach, but I'm guessing if I went to the Supreme Court of the United States and they said, did you ever live in the state of Idaho? And I said, no, that's your testimony. That's right. I've never lived in the state of Idaho. Did you ever have a radio show? No, I've never done a radio show. I'd be in prison. And so yeah. they've been trying to plant yeah. this and they think that the they they think that by getting Trump's tax records, they'll come up with the tax crime. They'll come up with the money laundering thing. They will do anything to keep this guy from uh, from being president. They intend to indict him. You even have Democrats saying, oh, they're going to indict Trump, but not until a really, really important moment um, in, in the primaries. We're going to they're going to wait. They're saying it out loud. You had Merrick Garland, the paper bully, say one of the reasons that he is now putting a special investigation together on Trump is because he's running. He said it because the former president's running for president. We're going to put together a special investigation on this guy again because it wasn't enough. The Russia investigation wasn't enough. The, the hundreds of millions of dollars they got to play with and that wasn't enough. So my point on saying all that is, all right, <laughs> You're, are you, you, I mean, obviously we could talk Hunter Biden all day, which is a whole nother set of issues, but you're not going to go look into the relationship between Maxine Waters, 
who was deep into FTX and, and these other companies, you're really not going to go look and see how much money they took out of that. Cause I'm super sorry. I don't believe that politicians getting 50 million bucks in total from this guy didn't also take a taste that Sam Bakeman free didn't come to them and say, Hey, listen, uh, on the sly, give me $10,000. And in a couple months, I'll turn around and give you $500,000. Because that's the sort of run-up he was having. That was his growth rate, you know, which was all metastasized, made up. You telling me you don't have a side conversation on give me a taste? Because those side conversations, I'm here to tell you, they happen all the time in D.C. What's the side? Hey, listen, what's the side hustle here? And it's not the, it's not the congressmen that do it. They put staffers on it. But then the staffers, the people, if they had any idea... So many people in D.C. carry four business cards. So they're sitting in the house, you know, in the in the in the Rayburn office building. They're doing business as Congress. Oh, it's uh, I got to go to lunch. They walk across the street. Now they've got another business card and this is for the pack. So now they can talk about things that they can't talk about in Congress because they're across the street. So they're sitting there with right. that. Then they take their, oh, I got a meeting up the street. It's up on K Street. Then they take their lobbying card up to K Street and they lay that out. Then they take their media buying card up the street and, and they pull that one out. Then they go back to the Rayburn office building. And you're telling yeah. me yeah. along the line in there, there's no taste. And the FBI that's now the Supreme Court says, give us Trump's or give the, you know, give these people Trump's tracks tax records. They can't be bothered to say, hey, Maxine, can we chat for just a little bit about how deep you were into this scam? Because remember this, Maxine Waters had her hands all over a dirty bank. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know about you, but Zach, if, if you guys, if you guys, and you weren't, but if you guys were 15% in this, would you have, you'd have regulators coming at you saying, Hey Zach, we got to talk. You guys were way into oh, this FTX thing, right? I would not be talking to you right now. I can promise you that. No, absolutely. And, and here's again, I don't have, I don't have proof. I don't have a smoking gun, but I will say that what you're laying out, if you look at the way that FTX was doing business, yeah. for instance, if you look at the people that endorse them, virtually every one of them was an underlying investor of the firm, right? So the, the, there's a track, and I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying that there is a track record of everybody being involved with this, also being a stakeholder. So I, I, it, it really, when you when when you start looking at the different associations, you start looking at the different uh, deals. You start looking at all these kinds of, you, you know, there's, there, there's that stakeholder element of it. These people were financially involved. Um, they weren't just endorsing a product that they agree is good. They had massive amounts to gain by its success. So it, it would fit right in there. And if you sit there and go, well, that doesn't mean that Sam, well, he just gave 40 million to Biden's fund to get him reelected. If you don't think he's not going to cut a back alley deal to give, get their beak wet and give them a little $10 million share of equity, you know, and, and he was, I mean, the, 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 I mean, it, it's really interesting. Again, you can call me a cynic all you want. If you look at the legislation that he was trying to push through Washington, when he began propelling this legislation, that was really, they didn't coincide perfectly, but that was really right before the beginning of his aggressive political contributions. So again, Occam's razor, you just sit back and you're like, boy, he laid out some massive deals. 
Well, he's also trying to push a deal through to establish regulation in the industry that basically exonerates them, keeps them outside of the scope of regulation, essentially building a legal moat around their business. Does one have anything to do with the other? <laughs> Gosh, I wonder. Uh, I wonder, Who right? Could say? So, no. And and well, and then and then Todd, the other thing that smells bad is watching the way the mainstream media responds to this. Have you noticed the change in week? It's all about um, you know, the that what happened. I saw several several headings of stories that basically to summarize FTX is that investors or or people on the exchange lost faith in him. The, the, <laughs> the narrative is bizarre. The, the narrative has already shifted and I'm sitting there going, why is the, now the media softballing this? Well, again, Occam's razor, they're protecting the people that we know that they always protect. So, um, I think this goes real deep. And when you see it, um, you know, when you sit there and compare it to the uh, compare and contrast it to the Donald Trump thing, I, I I'm just appalled. So Roberts is the guy and I'm not trying to pivot here, but Roberts is the guy uh, uh, basically signing off on this going after Trump's tax. I mean, the guy's no I, I, longer no, in public office. No, I, I don't know that Roberts is the guy signing off. I'm saying that Roberts heads up the, uh, he's the, the head capo of the secret FISA court. So that's John, that's right, because right. he's the, uh, the, the chief justice of the Supreme court. He gets to run the super secret, um, anti-American, no visibility for Americans. Doesn't care if it's lied to by the FBI FISA court. Cause I have a lot of faith in a, in a secret court that is lied to about the president of the United States and says, yeah, we don't care. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. Well, I, 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 I just, I, I just don't even understand how you get away with this on the face of it. Like, how do you get if if you don't have something specific that that you are charging him of where his tax returns by any reasonable estimation would show proof of this? How in the world can you subpoena the tax records? That's like saying, uh, you know, it's like trying to go get a a warrant from a judge. Like, what do you accuse him of? And be like, I don't know. We'll tell you after oh, well, we serve him. The no, warrant. I think this is the this is. And I haven't read the decision yet, so I'll read the decision. There's there's the, you know the the Southern District of New York. Oh well, well Trump uh, did this illegally with his taxes and his charity was wrong and and okay, so you you're gonna go after this and you're telling me you can't walk down Wall Street and find people who are wrong. You can't you can't observe Nancy. Pelosi's husband um, just having all this this incredible string of luck of hey you know honey why don't we park a hundred million um, <clears throat> into processors and and microchips why oh because you're going to you know you're going to Taiwan next week why don't we park a bunch of money in there why don't I shift twenty million into microchips. And, oh, yeah, it's a good yeah. idea, honey. I'll go make that happen. But, no, they're going to go after Trump. And, and, hey, look, enforce the rules. Do away with insider trading. Attack the heck out of it. I'm cool with that. But when you are, when only some people are subject to the rules, they're not rules. They're tools. And it's a tool yeah. to go after Trump. And their their goal is obvious. And I these people are so so bubbleized they don't understand that they're lighting the fuse to a civil war because when you start showing people that hey we know that bill clinton was dirty and probably a rapist and we've seen barack obama become an instant billionaire after leaving office we know that the biden family is deep into corruption that hunter biden's a walking talking nightmare for national security but donald trump no uh talk with zach abraham board capital management uh the i was talking to a friend of mine 
He was in very good shape. He's, gosh, he's 75 years old. And I was in the, the gym with him the other day. It's the first time I've been there while he was training. He's killing it. And we were talking about um, weight loss. And Mark said to me, uh, and he's a dear Christian brother, by the way. He said, um, he said, how come your body sometimes when you consume fewer calories than you burn, how come you don't drop fat? And this is a big conundrum for a lot of people. So there's a number of ways that this happens. And I've learned this having taken off 150 pounds of unwanted fat and having kept it off. I've learned it by chatting with people like the founders of Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. There's multiple things that happen. Sometimes people go into fat loss too quickly and they just cold turkey some stuff. Now that'll work for a good long time, right? And your body takes a while to catch up, but eventually your body says, whoa, wait a minute now, we're starving over here. And your body can go into lockdown. And at that point, it's going to look for any opportunity to store fat. It's, it, it's nuts. It truly is like you're drinking you know, um, unsugared water that's flavored to be sweet. Your body can go, oh, yeah, 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 carbs. Carbs store everything as fat. And it, or you eat some carbs. Boom, store it as fat. So this is why the process with soda weight loss is so important is because they look for instances like that so that you are on a glide path to staying with women. It's 2.5 to 3.5 pounds of unwanted fat per week that they drop for men. It's five. Your results will vary because you're a, you're a human being. And because there's no such thing as one size fits all, that means one, you know, no size fits anybody. So your results are very, here's another thing that people do, starve themselves. So they start out slow and they're losing fat. No, it's going well. And wait a minute, my fat loss is slow. And then I'll eat less and I'll eat less and I'll eat less. So what soda is so good at is they know these cycles. They're going to be talking with you on a regular basis. You'll talk with a nutritionist on a regular basis. They're going to be sending you convenience foods, just set up for who you are. Cooking classes, Christian meditation classes. All of this is because they know the signs. Okay, we're in this stage. The body caught up. They'll make a change. So that's how they do it. Then it's the maintenance phase. Coming out of fat loss is so important that you come out in a maintenance phase. And here's why. Your body's going to catch up. You calm your body down. This is what we weigh. We're safe. We've got enough. We have enough of macronutrients. We've got enough protein, fat, and carbohydrates. We're solid. This is what we weigh. Soda Weight Loss is so, so gifted at this. It's Soda Weight Loss, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art. And don't just take it from me. Go look at over, over 7,000 Google reviews, 4.8 stars out of five on average. Um, so, Zach, um, there is, I, I think, what you're getting to in this. Um, questions about the FISA court and John Roberts and going after Trump's, uh, going after Trump's track record um, uh, and, and tax records. I think there's something here that people need to understand on our side of the aisle because you and I are fairly close ideologically. Everything we think yeah. about um, Joe Biden, the left thinks about Donald Trump. Everything we think about right. Nancy Pelosi, the left thinks about Mitch McConnell. Now, I think Mitch McConnell's disgustingly corrupt, and I think he's a poison to the country in, in large part. Okay, so some Supreme Court justices. We're getting to a point, and this is the scariest point, and people got to understand this. We're entering into low trust society, and people follow yep. laws because it's not because they're afraid of getting caught. It's because everybody else follows the law. And when you get to a point where your citizenship says everybody in government's corrupt, 
people start saying, wait a minute, why am I following the law? And this is how cultural revolutions work. You decry the cops, they're corrupt. You let certain groups get away with a lot of stuff, they're corrupt, right? You see this, your criminals get to do this. And sooner or later, you end up with the citizen base going, why would I not lie on my taxes? Look at Sam Bankman Freed. Look at these guys. Yeah. Why would I not lie on my taxes? And the moment you turn the corner into a low trust society, uh, you're not coming back. And if we turn that corner and everybody's stealing from everybody and it's a den of thieves, now the path is really narrow, really narrow, and the trail is really long to get to heaven. So that's, I think, yeah. that's why I'm emphasizing trying to tell these guys, do you understand that you're trying, that you are on the, the, the precipice of lighting up a civil war? One of my, obviously I'm disgusted by what I see government doing and I, by the legislative, you know, court actions and all, all this other kind of stuff. But that's what has me so incredibly frustrated by the mainstream media, because my attitude is, is, Hey, here's the thing. It, it, so I disagree with the way that you've gone after Trump, but here's one thing you can do to make me agree with it. Go after Biden and the other side of it with the exact same veracity, right? Like if you're, if you're going to hardball like this, just be consistent, right? Just do it to both sides. Right. And, and then I, and, and I think that would undo a lot of this because what would we find out? I think that it'd be a great win for the American population because then we'd sit there and discover that guys, Corruption is a bipartisan problem, right? right. Now, I, I think naturally there is more of it on the left from my perspective, just because of you know several different issues. But I agree with you on McConnell. I think there's other shady players on the Republican side of it. And my attitude is, hey, if you guys want to play hardball like that, that's fine. Just make sure it's consistent. And the way that they're going after witch hunt after witch hunt, and then just – you know, it's like the CBS report that came out today where they, are you sure this is Hunter Biden stuff? Yep. Well, <laughs> Wait, 763 days later or something like that. Um, it's, it, it's just preposterous. So I look at the mainstream media as being, you know, I, I, I think that they've got their hand on the accelerator pushing us off the edge of insanity as much as anybody does because they've completely failed as an institution. They, they're not doing their job. They are not providing the service they were supposed to for the American people. And it's they've just turned into a political action wing of the DNC. And, it's, it, you know, but it, goes, when, it rises. And you above, and I have it rises above the DNC. I mean, look, we have a 40 percent increase in all cause mortality in America. In, in age, age groups like millennials, it's 80%. We are witnessing uh, ethical skeptic, our friend, the data analyst, former naval intelligence, has calculated that, that 400, no, nearly 500,000 people have been killed by the COVID response. Not, not the flu, the COVID response that dwarfs the Civil War. It, it dwarfs World War II for us. And, and this isn't news. And Sam Bakeman Freed was in the news and then out of the news, boom, disappeared. I'm here to tell you that in a competitive news environment, I'm here to tell you this. There was a day when people chased stories. There was a day when you raced to get the story out before anyone else. Like, I'm not a news person, but I've broken a, a, a few stories in my day. And there was a race to get it out or to make sure no one else had it. If you were going to try to do more work on it, can you imagine 
how much ground shaking would be done if 60 Minutes came out and said, there is suddenly 40% increase in all-cause mortalities in this country, and it's not COVID. It might well be the injections. Can you imagine the groundswell they create? And likewise, uh, with, with, with the Hunter Biden thing. So I'm telling you, this is my theory, Zach. This is fully my theory. I look at the people in the media as spiritual captives. I look at Joe Biden as a spiritual captive. I am trying to shift my language. When I talk about Biden, I talk about the evil done through him. With Pelosi, I talk about the evil done through her. And I do that for two reasons. One, I don't want to magnify them as some kind of, you know, geniuses. They're, 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 no, they're engaged in, in evil. Two, I'm trying to remind myself, as, as, as tempting as it is to hate Nancy Pelosi, that draws me into the enemy's, in the enemy's um, um, snare, because now I hate my neighbor. And I want to remind myself that, our, that these people are captives. And here's the most difficult part, Zach. This is so difficult. Do you know that as Christian brothers, you and I are called to free Nancy Pelosi and Sam Bankman Freed and Joe Biden from spiritual bondage? Do you know that we're supposed to do that? That's, that's, that's actually on our shoulders, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Try anyway. Right. There's our part and there's their part and there's God's part. But I'm, I'm going to ask you bluntly, when was the last time you dropped your knees and prayed that God would touch Nancy Pelosi? You mean in a helpful way? <laughs> what an honest answer. What an honest answer. I'm going to take that as... Not, not, not as much as I should, man. Right. Definitely not. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, you're right. And you're right. Because it, these problems aren't going to be fixed by men like you and I. Yeah. I, I uh, encourage people to go to the Todd send in questions uh, for Zach about the cyber stuff, because I think this is plenty, uh, plenty going to continue to be in the news. And as you know, I always ask you, always invite you, Zach, to go with God's good grace. And I hope that you are about to have a fantastic Thanksgiving with your beautiful family. Hey, right back at you, pal, and to, and to all the listeners out there as well. God bless you all. Have a great Thanksgiving and uh, look, look forward to being back on here uh, soon. All right. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and we will be putting up best of shows uh, for Thursday and Friday. Uh, and yeah, on Thanksgiving, Lord God, thank you for putting this podcast family together, me and Zach together, our partners together, and the incredible blessing you provided us. In this one year, um, you just, just passed our one year anniversary of this podcast. Thank you, Father.